Ian Collins wants a word. Powered by Mitsubishi. Don't get caught out this winter. Ian Collins wants a word. Whoa, 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 hang on a second. It's episode eight, everybody. Good Lord. Welcome to the show that moves faster than a news international executive every time the flipping doorbell goes. Man, that is fast. Since last week, we've tripled our downloads, doubled our pod cred, and even been invited to open the summer fate for the West Yorkshire Pork Pie Appreciation Society. I kid you not. What's that? Did we accept? Of course we did. The crusty split porker is to die for. Anyway, enough of our antics on the showbiz circuit. This is the programme that will offer us some of this. There's something wrong with your ticket! A pretty sizeable chunk of this. <laughs> you see, that was comedian Patrick Monaghan, by the way. He's on with us a little bit later. We are very excited, and we'd be taken out the back and whipped into a bally frenzy if we didn't include some of this. Any chance you can tell us your story when you stole the UPS delivery driver's computer? And as you know by now, I don't run this thing solo. Here's a man who brings a whole new meaning to the phrase... (laughs) It's Sideshow Kev! (laughs) I've never been more offended. We got the questions, Kev. From Lucy, Colin, Jay, and hundreds of other people on cyberspace. Ian, what do you think of the change to 24-7 sports chat on TalkSport? Interesting. Um, it was inter- it was interesting because I, I keep saying this to people. I, if I owned the station, I would do that because that's your commercial avenue. That's where your bucks are. That's what you're going to do. Thank God I fucked off before they did it. That's all I'm saying. From Mel in Brighton, Collins, you're a media sort. That's one way to put it. Have the Metropolitan Police or any other force for that matter ever lent your police force or anything else? Yes, a goat. Actually, it would be quite interesting. I was in the Colonel's chicken parlour the other day. Just oh. round the corner. You like a we... bit of fried chicken? I love a bit of fried chicken. And I was in there, and I noticed on the... Uh, they had a poster. Do you know any of these people? And it was clearly from the summer riots from last year, when they were... The police were essentially just crap. Mm. They did nothing. <laughs> just standing. But, oh, look, there's some rioters. Better get back, boys. And if the police had police goats... As opposed to police. So imagine letting a pack of goats go up Camden High Street. It's a great idea. I'm telling you, folk could run for their life. Uh, from Blue Phil. Uh, Ian, with the recent Hulk Hogan sex tape scandal, I was wondering if you've ever made one. If you have, can you keep it to yourself, please? Yep. Davey and Cumbernauld says, in episode two, you introduced us to the Profanitator. Do you still have it? Yeah, it's brilliant. We do still use the Profanitator. It's a great device that automatically bleeps out a naughty word because uh, we don't want to offend anybody uh, we're not here to do that but we do want to create a few japes along the way so if for example I was to say fuck you see what happens a, uh, a handy noise comes in that's what it does it's, it's the kind of podcast your mum could listen to it, it's family entertainment kids if indeed she knew what a podcast was ever tried explaining it I have uh, from Wixie uh, Wixie says I understand you grew up in the county of Kent yeah what words best describe Kent to you cocky shitty wacky from Crinkle, Ian, what's the point of no, a platypus? Your duck-billed one or standard? I, I'm, assuming, I'm assuming it's a duck-billed one. Well, your duck-billed platypi are a, essentially a, a water-based creature. Oh, you made a platyplural. No, there's no point to a platypus. Sarah in Wolverhampton, 
Who? Uh oh. Rant mode on. Who Go is on. your favourite Labour MP and oh, why? Goodness me. Uh, I says Stephen Pound uh, is good. He's good value for money. Tom Watson, although I completely disagree with most of what Tom does, <laughs> as I've told him. Nonetheless, he's he's good value for money. From Jamie. Jamie. Jamie says, should Mike Ashley ask Transport for London to change the name of St James's Park Station to the Sports Direct Station? Absolutely, I believe it's in order and will be happening by mid-July. And from Phineas, finally. <laughs> Stop it. Phineas. Uh, Would you Ian. like to come round the world with me? Ian, what's the best thing you've ever made out of Lego? Oh, you see, essentially as a kid, I don't, I, my folks didn't get it. I, all I built out of Lego was a wall. Really? Which doesn't really count, does it? Especially when you think you can you can build Darth Vader, and I built a brick wall you out can of bricks. Now. I mean, it used to be you never got like Star Wars themed Lego and things. It you was did just get Lego. You got, you got little people that you could slot in, didn't you? You did. And you got a gate. Do you remember the little gate? I do. Gate yeah. was brilliant. But I sort of lost. What was that other stuff? Meccano. Uh, yeah. Did you have any of that? Yeah. Yeah. Metal or plastic? Uh, metal, I believe. Metal one. You yeah. see, that's worth poundage now. Is it? Yeah. If you can flog your Meccano. Stick it on eBay. Depends how many nuts you've still got in the box. Oh, they're all gone. I swallowed those years ago. <laughs> Hi, everybody. Are questions that come through on social media? They can happen on Facebook. You can leave them on our rant line as well. You can also send them onto Twitter, which is at Ian Collins UK. It's very simple. Ah! And here it is, everybody. The Pod World's favourite feature: random acts of irrational annoyance. It's the bit where you. The delicious element of the human race, known as our audience, select those little, often minuscule things in life that drive you up the wall. Be clear, comrades, these are not things that really matter in life. On the contrary, it's their virtual irrelevance that makes them prime fodder for this list. What do you got for us, Kev? What are you going to put in there? Well, this is it an oldie but goodie? No, it's an oldie but baddie. It's just old and bad. Old and stinky. Train stations. We could do an entire section of this. We could. Just about trains. Yeah. But in particular, I have a hint for anyone who's listening who's thinking of travelling via public transport, like the train or the tube down in yeah. London. You know that little light-up seek assistance sign that comes on when you put your ticket in and that horrible screeching noise that happens and the barrier doesn't open? Yeah. That means there's something wrong with your ticket! <laughs> Do you understand? This is not a difficult thing. Now... That's bad enough, because a number of people you see putting it through, they're trying to walk through the closed barrier, and then looking confused. That's not a particularly bright thing to do. This is a lot of kind of Houdini wannabes out there. Here is a less bright thing to do, though. It is permissible, and this is Ian Collins' once a word law now. Go on. If you put it through and that happens, you can try one more time. Just one, and if it doesn't work, find a guard and say... My ticket doesn't work, Mr. Guard, and he'll probably ignore you. He's usually standing right next to the machine as well. Right. Do not be like the woman last Tuesday who was in front of me who tried to put her ticket through nine times. Stupid cow! I'm a very patient and giving man. Yeah. But you know what I mean. Yeah. That's No, you are onto something there. You're right. We could do that. We could also do it about airports because, you know, I was away last week. Were you away last week? I was away last week. Huh. I went down to the Geneva Motor Show with the Mitsubishi guys. Oh, wonderful. And I was down, and it was it was fantastic, and everything was, was great about it. And on the way back, we decided, they very sensibly decided, look, it's the last day of the Motor Show, everybody's going home. The one thing you've got to be really careful of is that Geneva Airport will be swamped with people. So what we're going to do, instead of turning up for the usual two hours early, we'll, we'll leave an extra two hours on top of that. All right. Because there'll be so much traffic trying to get into Geneva Airport that you'll be glad of it and you'll be there nicely, safely on time. 
Uh, as it turned out, empty. Nobody was there. We got there bang on time, which meant I had four hours to kill at an airport. Now, that's quite boring because airports are expensive. There's not mm-hmm. much to do. And the one in Geneva, frankly, unless you want to buy a cuckoo clock, then you're on a hiding to nothing. Or a tubular room. Or the big one. Yeah. It's always one of those. Does anybody eat those things? So, Matt, here, um, here, I've just bought you a heart attack in a box. <laughs> they're just difficult Brilliant. to eat, though. They're just too big. They are too big. So, I did no more. I went to the British Airways Customer Service Department because a fellow with me on the trip as well. He said, oh, it's brilliant. I'm with EasyJet. And if you want to change your flight... Very simply, you go up to the county, say, can I change my flight? And they say, yeah, they'll just put you on the next available flight because then they can resell that seat, potentially. You can oh. sell the next flight. They can't sell a previous one. So I thought, well, British Airways are bound to employ a similar policy. So I go over and see this fella, and he types into his computer and explains to me that there is a, an earlier flight available. It leaves in about 45 minutes. Oh, this would be handy stuff. I'll be home four hours. I'll be home b- before I thought I was ever going to get home. So... He said, but it will cost you an extra £211. Oh, it's very reasonable. Where does that come from? Very reasonable. For what reason would it cost me £211? What is physically going to happen in the machinations of the British Airways ticket machine, you thieving gits? What are you going to be doing in there in order to trouser £211 of my money? So that annoyed me. The other thing that annoyed me, and Steve D, London cabbie, and about 200 others mentioned this. It was a documentary on Channel 4, and it was Keith Allen meets Nick Griffin. Oh, I've heard about this. Now... I didn't think it was possible for somebody to make Nick Griffin look like a reasonable bloke. But believe me, Keith Allen made a pretty damn good job of it. For some reason, and I have no idea why, every ten minutes he whipped out a ukulele. Started singing songs. A ukulele. Don't let Keith Allen anywhere near a documentary. I don't know what he was trying to do. It was clearly somewhere within there they thought, wouldn't it be great to make a documentary? We would just make the daft racist look even dafter. Yeah. And actually, what they had managed to spectacularly achieve was to make the daft racist look not quite as daft, <laughs> but make the host look like a twat. <laughs> Unbelievable. And Mr. Woo's a window cleaner now. Jed in Leeds says, My random act of rational annoyance uh, is women in leggings. Is it not reasonable to suggest that this item of clothing should only be worn if you are a certain shape. Without sounding sexist, I yep. think a lot of women would agree with that. I think it is true. Without without sounding sexist or fattest, there are some people who shouldn't be donning tight pantage. I think that's reasonable, because there is somebody in our newsagents, and she wears... She's completely the wrong shape to be wearing such. She looks like Will I Am is dancing in her pants. <laughs> it's a really unfortunate look and it's not good. An odd bit of choreography when she starts moving. Paul in Aberdeen says, my random act of rational annoyance is Andrew Lansley's hair. Something about it is not to be trusted. This must rate at very irrational. I agree. I think so. Why stop at the hair? Kenny in Liverpool, my random act of rational annoyance are newsreaders who wink. They've been doing this over years, from Martin Lewis to Fiona Bruce. But imagine how shocked I was when I caught Alagaya. Cocking a crafty one my way. I thought the mighty George was beyond this. Oh, Alagaya. And also, while we're on it, newsreaders, please don't do that dancing stuff on children in need. Oh, no, don't. Unnecessary. You know, that's Rippon's fault, though, isn't it? Sean in Deptford, can I suggest Jesse J? Hang on, that's the second week she's come up. Why have people got it in for Jesse J? Well, Sean says, I'd like to suggest that mainly because she looks like my Uncle Dave. <laughs> <laughs> Not good. Terry and Burnley, uh, I'd like to suggest as a random act of irrational annoyance, kippers. They think they're some kind of superfish because they sit smugly on so many breakfast menus, when in fact they're a cheap inbred of a fish with no more Neptunian status than that of a whelk. Man, he's really thought about that, hasn't he? You bastards! David Byrne in Bristol. This is another one. 
that comes under the airport travel uh, thing. Blokes getting on aeroplanes wearing beachwear. Ah, uh, no, yes, I That's agree good. with this. Especially yeah. when they're carrying things around and wearing flip-flops. Yes. I don't get that at all. And particularly when it's not particularly warm where they're leaving and not guaranteed to be warm where they're going. No. Sue in Worcester says, adults sucking lollipops. They look stupid. Please make it stop. Ah, but you can't beat a good lolly. Mind you, a drumstick is where it's at, isn't it? Look, if you're going to suck one, just do it in the privacy of your own home. Correct. Les in Hull says, my roundabout to Russia loins, a bloke sitting on trains with their legs wide open. What's all that about? Not only does it take up a fair bit of space, but it also appears they're attempting to overstate their masculinity. I've banged on about that a lot of times. Yeah, that's true. It is. I don't know why. It's not a comfortable position to assume. No, it's it's a display. Carol on Twitter says, uh, here's one. You receive a charity bag, you fill it up, and you leave it on your doorstep on the day due. You get home from work at nine o'clock, and it's still there! I'm get- this gets a little ripple. This does get a ripple. absolutely oh, true. I've done that a few times. Absolutely true. <laughs> Charities. <laughs> Ian Collins wants a word. Sideshow Kev's Showbiz Shoebox. So every week, sorry about this, everybody. It's the feature that if we were regulated by Ofcom, they'd have banned it weeks ago. It's Sideshow Kev's feature box of cat flappery. You need to show me some respect. Well, hang on, you always say it's shoebox stuff, stuff we find under the bed. It's our weekly Well, like, we're, like Morecambe and Wise, we live in the same house. At the box the of showbiz fluff we found under the bed. I love it. A big old list there. Have a swig. As society changes and the world becomes more jaded, cinema is getting ruder, dirtier, and sometimes downright disgusting. So with that in mind, we're going to play Dirty Movie Quote Mania! Andre, give me some Dirty Movie Quote Mania music! This is the way it works, Mr. Collins, with your giant Ian Collins-sized brain. I'm going to read you a dirty or filthy or just slightly rude quote. Okay. From a movie, yep. and you just have to tell me which movie it's from. All right. It may also contain some very explicit language, which will frequently mean sexual swear words. Number one. Hey, baby, ever had your <laughs> licked by a fat man in an overcoat? <laughs> Is that from A, The Sound of Music? Yeah. B, Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back? Or C, The Artist? <laughs> That's definitely B. It's a Jay and Silent Bob quote. Really? Yeah. Let's find out. It's the correct answer! Yeah, it's in there. Number two. I f***ing hate them. I f***ing hate them. Ass ow. F***. Explicit language. They wouldn't send us any money. They said we'd spend it on drugs. Is that from A, Toy Story 3, B, Dirty Dancing, or C, Sid and Nancy? Yeah, that is, in fact, a quite a well-known bit of script from Sid and Nancy. Ian Collins scores two. E. Number three. Yep. What the f*** am I doing in the back? You're the m- Sexual swear word. Who should be on brain detail. Is that from A, Herbie Goes Bananas? Oh, I love it. B, Pulp Fiction. Or C, You've Got Mail. Uh, <laughs> that was a great movie, the last one. Uh, it's B. It is Pulp Fiction. You're saying Pulp Fiction? Yeah. Should we find out? Yeah. It's the correct answer! Get in there, Lucy. Yeah, good old Lucy. Uh, number four. Now, this is a tricky one. You took the f- jam out of my donut, Tommy. You did. Is that from A, Snatch, B, It's a Wonderful Life, or C, Gandhi? <laughs> I love the idea that it was Gandhi. I love the idea that he solved all the problems of British invasion and injustice, not just with his attire, his simple specs and a stick, but also a bag of jam donuts. Exactly. That would have been a beauty. I'm going for, uh, what was B? 
It's a Wonderful Life. No, I'm <laughs> you, going for... You think so? Well, there was a sweet shop, of course, in well, It's a Wonderful Life, mm. but I don't think they ever extended to that, so I'd have to say uh, Snatch. Snatch is the correct answer. Good work. Well done. You get this one right, you've got five out of five for the first time, I think, probably ever. Ever. Shut your f- face, Uncle... Sexual swear word. Is that from A, Die Hard 2, yeah. B, South Park, Bigger, Longer and Uncut, or C, Bambi? It is... Unequivocally, a quote from B, South Park. Ian Collins scores five out of five! Yeah, it's in there. Thank you very much indeed. Thanks for listening. Don't let winter stop you in your tracks. The Mitsubishi ASX comes with active stability and traction control, on-demand four-wheel drive, hill start assist, and Mitsubishi's legendary reliability. For more information, search for Mitsubishi cars. Be safe, not sorry, this winter. Voicemail Roulette. Please leave a message. All right, here it is. Voicemail Roulette 07789. 18, 32, 62. You ring that number and you rant, moan, proffer your wisdom. Or just have some fun. Whatever the hell you like. It's a normal phone number, it wasn't some kind of premium rate lark. Like I said, we're missing a trick. Yeah. Should we hit the button, Kev? Here we go. All right, Collins. It's Cal in Burnley. How'd you get on on your scheme trip? Hope you didn't break any bones, fella. Huh. Did I detect something slightly sinister about that? Very sinister. I think it was he hoping for breakage? <laughs> I think we all were hoping for breakage. <laughs> I think we were a bit, weren't we? Unfortunately, the problem with <laughs> when you go to Geneva, somebody does put you on a pair of skis at some point and says, go down the mountain. And that's, uh, I've been to the mountaintop. Yeah. But when you come down the mountain, uh, two things that can happen. You, three things, actually. You can land successfully and look quite stylish. And yeah. People will applaud and look on and think, he's an experienced skier and clearly of some experience. Ah. You can fall ass over tit and look like a complete moron. Mm-hmm. Or you can take your skis off and go to the pub. Yay! There's always a bar at the end of the mountain, so there was uh, lots of that going on. But yeah, it was good fun. I didn't break anything. It was no, I know, it's not good. Uh, let's have the next one. Collins, it's Sai in Bristol. Any chance you can tell us your story when you stole the UPS delivery driver's computer? I won't do the whole story, but essentially what happened, I ordered a filing cabinet. It turned up, it was dented, and oh. I asked them to come and replace it the guy turns up and he says i can't take it away with me because it's not packaged properly and i said what do you mean it's got to be packaged properly well i clearly i don't have packing stuff for a filing cabinet in my house he said well i can't take it unless it is so i was a bit annoyed what i did do i thought i'll show this bloody driver so i went and got the bubble wrap stuff and all the various bits of gaffer tape, and I took the final cut, and I covered this sucker with more bubble wrap than it is, essentially twice the size as it was. And a week later, the same driver knocks on the door. In he comes. He says, have you got the camera? I said, look, there it is. And he said, oh, that is a beauty. He said, that <laughs> is what I call Pat. He said, if everyone did that, it would make our jobs a lot easier. And I thought, well, fantastic. Yeah. I'm now friends with the man who only a week ago refused to take away the filing cabinet. And here I am with a man not only about to take it away, but he's commending me on my ability to pack it properly with bubble wrap and associated produce. Did you feel a little glow inside because it of was your wrapping? I felt like a kid who'd just been told he'd you know, done well in his first exam. Nice. It was fantastic. He said, if you just hand me the paperwork, we can sign it all off. And I said... Paperwork. <laughs> he said, "Yeah, the paperwork that came with it." 
He said it's probably inside the drawer. Oh yeah. The fire oh yeah. <clears throat> so I said, well, what do we do here? And he then said, I can't take it away without the paperwork. And I just saw red. So somehow I picked up the filing cabinet. This is like a BBC sitcom. I walked back from my... How I picked this thing up, I do not know. Walked with him to his van. And he said, you're not putting it on the van. I said, I am putting it on the van. And I placed it on the kind of the drop-down drawer mm-hmm. of the van. He said, I'm not taking it. And with that, I picked up his... You know the electronic pad they have that they want you to oh, sign? Oh, yeah, they love them. And they have... The UPS guys have quite big ones. Mm-hmm. Uh, so <laughs> hey, I... Hey, hey. Stuff it. <laughs> so I picked his pad up. I said, if you don't take my filing cabinet back, you don't get your pad back. So he said he was going to call the police, and then he called the area director, and all manner of chaos broke out, and I ended up talking to the area director for that part of the UK, who said, don't worry, we will take your cabinet. It's not a problem. What a... What's all that shit about? I know. Here's another... Hello, Ian. Hello, Sideshow Kent. Jack Nicholson calling from Hollywood, California. How y'all doing? Just calling to say I'm liking the goddamn podcast. But I got asked a question. Where's Mad Mike Hansen? So I'm asking you nicely. Put Mad Mike Hansen in the goddamn podcast. Here's Mikey. Who the hell was that meant to be? I don't know. It, it, it sounded like one of the Wurzels. Can we hear it again? Hello, Sideshow Kent. How y'all doing? Just call and say I'm liking the goddamn podcast. Yep, there we go. I think you're right, it was the toothy one. Uh, here's another on voicemail roulette. All right, Ian, it's uh, Jake and Darby. I know you like your comedy and stuff. Uh, me too. So I was just wondering what you think about uh, the... Is it Watson and Oliver, the new the new comedians on the, on, on BBC? Uh I don't know, there are no French and Saunders, I don't think. Maybe a bit desperate, I don't know. Uh, what do you think? Let's know, mate. Cheers, bye. Yeah, cheers, Jake. I've, I've sort of, I watched it, it was a bit mixed, and it's not quite French and Saunders, and clearly the BBC are desperately trying to balance out the amount of comedy between male and female, and they'd love it to be 50-50. And rightly or wrongly, it's not even 90-10 at the moment. And they thought they'd go double bubble with a new double act. And mm. it kind of just looks sort of, there's one blonde, there's one brunette, there's a middle-class couple of girls who will appeal to a certain audience, but probably not a mass audience. And it isn't French and Saunders, but it's sort of all right, but it's only all right. That's it. Here's another. Answering the questions that need to be answered, I'm Scotchism. Hear me roar. The question, what is E.T. short for? The answer, extraterrestrial. I've been Scotchism, and that's the deal. That's the real Scotchism! Scotchism! There he is! From sea to shining sea. Yeah. What price a life of a dog? Indeed. You realise there's a good proportion of our audience who have no idea what we're talking about. None whatsoever. But if you do, tweet us now, at Ian Collins UK, with your favourite Scotchism memories. Excellent. Uh, Let's do another on voicemail roulette here on Ian Collins Once a Word. Hi, Ian. It's uh, Brad from Florida. Quick gag. Uh, just wondered if you knew what Andy Murray's favourite time of the day was. It's uh, 11-ish. Thank you very much. I'll tell you what. Answers on a sealed down envelope, please, on that one. Uh, we'll do more voicemail roulette. Very simply, you just bell us on that number. 07789 18 Hooray! Ian Collins wants a word.
My mum is Iranian, my dad is Irish, and I grew up in Teesside. Now, that is a lot to find out on the Jeremy Carl show. Now, I'm not going back on that programme. I love women in tracksuits. It's hilarious, isn't it? I don't know what it is. It's one of them vices. I love chavy women. Honestly, I've been married to three chavy lasses. Turns out it was the one last. She had three tracksuits. Fooled me. But... Pat Monaghan. Pat, tell us your full wrestling name. It's Patrick the Cuddler Monaghan. Well, I think Pat the Cuddler has proved it really is anybody's match. Now, this hand... Twist it, twist it, slap, bang, slap, tap, tap, and then this time, stroke it on the back as we come back. That's what they do there, passing their information. Really please welcome Patrick Monaghan. And here is everybody, Mr. Patrick Monaghan is in the studio. Oh, well, hey, thank how are you, you, Pat? I'm lovely, thank you, Ian. It's a lovely studio, isn't it? It's all right, isn't it, eh? It's different. We've been in some studios together, haven't we? I tell you what. Never yeah. in a studio like this with two radiators. And a three-piece suit. And a three-piece suit, <laughs> yeah, that rather beautiful, nice. isn't it? So listen, you're massively busy. Oh, it's been crazy. You did a big TV thing last year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Called yeah. Show Me The Money. Show Me The Money. I said that again. I you did a big, it. big TV show last year. <laughs> I like that show. It's called great Show Me The Funny. Yeah. And show me the fun. I mean, was that a good thing to do? Because yeah, I'm, I think so. I mean, it was uh, full of established comedians, and I think some people might have thought that it was. Yeah, I mean, the problem is with stand up is that look, you know, when you're doing uh, something like uh, comedy, you're yeah. very it's very subjective, isn't it? Because some people will uh, love a comedian, some people will hate it. I mean, look look at the biggest comics we've got at the moment. Look at Billy Connolly, Michael McIntyre, Peter Kay, yeah. Lee Evans, and you can find just as many people on the street who will love them, who will, will as hate them. Yeah, yeah, and and that's the problem with comedy. I think you've just got you know with us it's all we like everything but doing a show like that it's very hard because it's you know it's it's you're a sort of it's almost like doing the x factor where you're appealing to the power is in the hands sure. of three people as opposed to the was that a bit, was there a bit anything a bit uncomfortable about that because uh, you know I, I knew most of the guys that were on it yeah i know yeah you're all busy you're comedians all, yeah the comedians are already working so I think yeah. that was the, and I, the problem the only thing that was the only I think downside to the show from our point of view was that it didn't give enough time for the audience to actually know who the people were before they went into the show. So what they should have done is maybe do like a week before, you know, like, like you do yep. The Apprentice or The X-Factor. Sure. Let, uh, see them doing something for a week beforehand yep. and seeing the comics. Like you say, you've met them all, but people at home hadn't seen them actually do proper stand-up. Right. Like they've never seen any of us do any of our acts, yeah, which yeah. is weird. So you're weird. literally just seeing us going, doing five minutes about um, about how funny it is to be in a hospital and what nurses and doctors do. And you're thinking, but that's not really our act yeah, at all. Yeah. So it was a bit weird if you'd never seen us do stand-up. But not, not that matter, because you won. Yeah, no, exactly. Not bothered. Good that's feeling? Good. Yeah, it was brilliant. It what? was As a comedian, you've got to challenge yourself, and that yeah. was that was a big challenge. So you got a big... There was a huge gig that came out of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. DVD. At the Apollo. A few quid in your pocket. A few quid, and a tour as well. Yeah. So it was just... It and did all phenomenal. of that go as planned? Everything is yeah, gone? Yeah, I mean, it went really well. I mean, luckily, um, I mean, I'd been doing stand-up for like nine or ten years, you know, three, four years of that was obviously as an open mic, but professionally, five, six years, which um, over that time I'd done seven Edinburgh shows, which were which were like seven Edinburgh festivals which and comedy festivals, yep. which were separate one-hour of material. So, so I had about six or seven hours of stand-up already sure. built up. So it's when nice it came to that, yeah, that I had to do an hour and a half for the DVD. I had to do uh, an hour and 20 minutes or an hour and a half for the tour. So it wasn't really that hard to do. It, well, I mean, it was hard, but not that hard, as opposed to if I'd just been a new actor and yeah, won yeah. that competition. You've oh got to write God. all that stuff yeah, from scratch. Because, yeah, well, Steve Watson, High Wickham, says, what is more important to a comedian, 20 gigs in a good club or one appearance on primetime TV? 
Oh, no, well, they're different, aren't they? I mean, if you do, uh, in terms of, it depends what level you are in your career. If you're a brand new act, I would say do 20 gigs in a club. I would, To be honest, 20 gigs in a club is nothing. Yeah. I remember when I first started, they, they, um, I was still trying to find my voice and stuff, and they were saying, listen, how many gigs have you done? I don't know, I've done so many dozen. They went, well, listen, do 50 gigs, don't even think about it. Do them first 50 gigs, and then start taking it seriously. So it um, depends what level you are in your career. If you're at a career where you've, got material in, and you want to get to the next level then you've got to do a TV show but, TV show is worth a thousand course. gigs yeah, yeah because what, more people can see you in one TV appearance God, than yeah, a yeah. year's worth yeah. of gigs and if you look at TV schedules now they'll repeat that TV show to death so if you will. do something on like Dave or something like on BBC it's like it's going to be repeated so the amount of people who yeah. see that and also catch up YouTube they put uh, on that so, you can't, yeah, you can't lose brilliant. it now Jenny Manchester says uh, Patrick does your mixed race credentials mean you can be very on PC and get away with it it's funny because uh, if you Irish, see my... Irish, Iranian, know, yeah. Geordie. Irish, yeah, exactly. And if you, well, if you look at my uh, stand-up, it's actually quite family-friendly. I mean, I don't really do anything that's... Not not by choice, it's just that that yeah. is my sort of humour. I've always liked stuff that I don't want to make people feel uncomfortable. Uh, but you I, cut all that Bernard Manning stuff out now, Oh, God, yeah. Since Bernard took it to the grave with him, I, can't, I have to <laughs> dig him up to get my joke book back. Can you imagine? <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, I mean... No, but it, it's funny, though, isn't it, where, uh, you know... People say, oh, yeah, you want to be... Uh, yeah, I think you can be... You can sort of make, be controversial, make people mm. go, oh, like that, you know. But but the thing is, at the end of the day, you've got to remember, people have come out for a laugh. Sure. I think I think my audience or any audience I is, is to be entertained. They don't want to be come out and be shouted at or yeah. made to think, oh, my God, you know, really? and Or be shocked. Where um, Do you not but, swear at all? No, oh, off stage, I swear, like a trooper, but on stage, no, never. Yeah. I mean, it's funny because my dad is, um, you know, he's Irish and he's a welder, a pipe fitter, and and every other word is F this and F that, you know, and it's a bit like Billy Conley where he yeah. you know, that thing, but but he always said to us, don't you ever dare, uh, you know, don't you ever dare effing swear on stage. And like, okay, <laughs> it's like a contradiction in terms, isn't it? He exactly. Said, what he, he meant to do. Yeah, he said it in that way around, but not in an aggressive way, but he just said it and, you know, never swears. Cause, and I think he's right because... I think it endears you to more people if sure. you don't have to. And if you have to swear, then fair enough, you can put it in and it yeah. gives it more impact as opposed to F this and F that. Yeah, but, yeah. but in terms of the question that she asked, I mean, um, oh no, I, I can only talk about, I mean, it's funny because I can't talk about, you know, I can't tell you what the Iranian community thinks. I can't be the voice of the Irish community. I can't really be the voice of the Middlesbrough community, but I can tell you what the Irish-Iranian Middlesbrough community feel. I can do that as one. Yes, Middlesbrough, I could do a Geordie as well, didn't I? Yeah. Oh, no, no, it's just my, People always call me Geordie. It's funny, yeah, but, 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 you know, it's not good, is it? No, nah, well, we're back up there. God, they, they go berserk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot to me, oh, would they? I don't know. They'd probably lynched by now. Yeah. Uh, Phil the Power Taylor, I don't know if that's, it's really him, yeah. says, Charlie Chaplin, Bill Hicks, or Eddie Izzard? Uh, they're all amazing in their own ways. I mean, Charlie Chaplin, obviously, when I grew up, was probably one of the first comics that any of us... I mean, I sound like I'm 111. Oh, so yeah. When I grew up, I remember seeing Charlie. Stuff. Yeah, I remember, <laughs> I remember seeing him live. Yeah. Well, I go and sit there. No, um, Charlie Chaplin, all of us must have... There's no one who's never seen Charlie Chaplin growing up, and he was amazing. Uh, Bill Hicks is weird, because Bill Hicks, I didn't... I, I mean, this sounds terrible, but I didn't know who Bill Hicks was until, until he died. after I'd started doing comedy. No, no, it was way after that. I mean, yeah, yeah. he died, what, in the 90s or something? Something like that, yeah. Yeah, and I didn't know who he was until a couple of years into doing stand-up, and it was probably... 
um, a good thing because I, when I started doing stand-up, I saw a lot of the people and I meet them and they were lovely people. Like, oh, how's it going? And then you see them go on stage and they mm. go, and they put this American accent on and they start swearing and shouting. Yeah, yeah. I was going, why did they do that? And then afterwards, I, I, I found this comedian, Bill Hicks, and I found that they, a lot of these new people were emulating were, it, yeah. yeah, and they were yeah. so influenced by Bill Hicks. And I thought, God, that was lucky that... I discovered him afterwards because if I discovered him early on, I thought, oh, I want to be like you might him. Have done that, yeah. yeah, and you can't, you've yeah, got yeah. to be yourself. Because it would look how fake with that look be coming on from Teesside going, <laughs> I tell you what's wrong with the American government. And you're like, well, yeah. really? But some know? people do try a bit too hard for that sort of thing. Yeah, and, yeah. So I would say, yeah, well, Eddie is hard, very good in his own way. But um, I mean, I would say for me, probably Dave Allen. I Good. Would, cool. I mean, he's not in that list, but yeah. I would say Dave Allen, because our dad used to just, he was just on the telly when we were My dad loved. Yeah, he's beautiful, yeah. isn't he? Just Fantastic. sits there and talks, yeah. Dwayne in Glasgow, I'm a huge fan of Patrick's. I want to know, has he ever thought about acting? He'd be perfect in a sitcom. That oh, must have come thanks, up somewhere. Dwayne. Has it ever come up? Uh, do you know what? Uh, um, you in talks? No, not really. I mean, I had a recent, I mean, even just yesterday, I had to go for a, a cast and they send you in for bits and pieces. But I was quite lucky when I started. I, uh, I knew that early on that it wasn't really my thing because I'm more of a stand-up. I didn't come yeah. from that. You get some comics who are just stand-ups come from that background, or you get some from acting. Sure. And uh, the ones who are acting are brilliant. I mean, you see them, they can just switch. They do characters, but I suppose stand-up's not their natural thing. Yeah. So with us, I was quite lucky that was comedy was my thing. Um, but no, I mean, I would love to. I mean, that, I mean, yeah, if Dwayne's written something, I'd love to yeah. star in it. But it's not Patrick a case. will be in it, Dwayne. Yeah, I will be in it, Dwayne. You put me in it. But no, yeah, I mean, I couldn't. Uh, the problem with acting, I find, is that we're we're comedians and we're entertainers and we're clowns. That's yeah. what we are. So if someone went, I mean, I'd love to do something funny, but if someone went, uh, okay, in this scene, I want you to cry, and you'd be like, what? Are you joking? Yeah. Are you? Well, I can do it in a comical way, but I don't know if I can do it seriously. In a serious, who knows? And yeah. here's a final one, Patrick, from yeah. Liam on Twitter from Crystal yeah. Palace. What are your views on comedy in big stadiums? Uh, I've seen a couple at the O2. To be honest, nothing beats a smaller comedy club. Definitely. I would agree uh, 100%. I mean, the difference is it's very easy for me to sit here and go, oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, I agree where I think comedy really shouldn't be in a room bigger than ideally more than 500, couple hundred, maybe 200, 300, 400, 500. Yeah, definitely if you're doing a touring show, yep. big stage, couple of thousand is great. You do a few of them. The Apollo, though, to be honest, that was over 3,000. That was beautiful. That was, was a nice gig. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that was part of that. But well, that's still a theatre, isn't it? It's sort of made theater. for a theatre. Perfect, yeah. Now you've got comics playing football nah. stadiums. Yeah, so. Wembley, O2, yeah. NEC. I mean, look, it's. Um, I remember hearing someone being asked this, that um, uh, they were saying, look, if if your agent turned around to you and you and they said to you, do you want to tour for the rest of the year playing theatres or do you want to do 18 nights in arenas around six cities around the country and you'll 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 play to the same audience that same audience over 18 nights yeah. the same thing or and and you can see why some of these big comics do it because they're in that position they can do it but, but if you ask me personally like now if you said to me i would say god i'd, I'd love to do it all year round because i'd be so nervous i yeah. would die i'd kill myself just go oh my god i've got to play the arena but then again if you said to me right you can earn this much over 18 nights in terms of business you would be crazy not to because you go yeah. well if i do that for 18 nights that means I can have a month off to go and write this I can go and do some other stuff I can go and play these other things for that time but then again are, the, are your audience getting the best show in terms of audience wise no I'd love to you, I mean 
God, you would give... Could you imagine going to see someone like Lee Evans just playing uh, a little 300-seater where you could actually literally touch him as opposed to seeing him in the arena? You're watching him on a TV screen. You're Sweat all over you, wouldn't he? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like having a shower, yeah. <laughs> yeah. you ready for a challenge, Patrick? Yeah, let's do it. Patrick Monahan's with us, everybody. This is called Pimp My Punchline. I started a joke Bitch started the whole world crying this is a feature designed specifically for guests whose profession is clearly and firmly comedy-based. Their mere presence in the world of all things funny puts them in pole position to excel, shine, and generally look as if they actually know what the hell they're talking about. Or do they? It is called Pimp My Punchline. I'll give you, Patrick Monahan, yeah. a punchline to a well-known joke, and you've got to tell me what the actual joke is. Now, linguistic pedants out there may have noticed that the phrase Pimp My Punchline isn't entirely accurate in describing this feature. But sod off. We like the sound of it anyway. So here we go. You ready for this? Yeah. Right. Number one. We'll start you with an easy one. Okay. Number one. Uh, the punchline is to get to the other side. Oh. To get to the other side. To get to the other side. This is quite exciting. So it go could on. be anything. Well, it, what is the traditional joke that would say to get to the other side? Um, I don't know. Two blokes in a park were drinking Wicked to get to the, or with uh, mushrooms, magic mushrooms. I don't know. But I'm guessing the traditional route would be why did the chicken or some sort of poultry across the road <laughs> is the correct answer come well on done. bring it in uh, I can see you've put me an easy one that's like a hundred pound one yeah who wants to be a millionaire absolutely we're yeah. building you up on this number two the punchline is only one but the bulb has got to really want to change uh, has it got to be something like so who would change it, it, it's quite funny this is like I was never good at maths at school but this is like doing them equations where yeah, yeah. if such and such an X times thing is this, you think oh my god what is X so you've got to pick so, a profession then so what profession but only if the bulb wants to change yeah. so it's got to be like a Buddhist or something how many Buddhists does it take to change I can, a light bulb? I can see why you'd say that the actual answer is psychiatrist psychiatrist Buddhist would have worked wow yeah. would have worked. number three yeah your wife will always blow your bonus. <laughs> What's the difference between my ex and my ex and my potential future wife? Ah, that's good. <laughs> ah, you see, that works. That works. Give Patrick Monahan a point for that. It works. Come on. The actual <laughs> gag is what's the difference between a penis and a bonus. Right. Oh, it's not a particularly funny gag, right. but the punchline seems to work. Yeah. Uh, number four. Yeah. The punchline is, why the long face? Yeah, so this is classic, isn't it? Is it... Um, why did Rude? What did um, what did the barman say when Rude Van Nistelrooy walked into a bar? Or should we substitute that for horse? <laughs> Either will do for us. I mean, you'll be giving us extra material here. That's yeah. brilliant. Uh, number five. It's just two more. The answer. The punchline is it's arse. It's arse. It's as arse. As in backside. Yes. It's arse. Oh, um, why did? Uh, oh, it'd be something like it's a, good. Um, it's good already. Is it? Is that close? So it'd be like um, I don't know. Did um, uh, does uh, two women in a shop trying on dresses, or a woman with a husband and trying on a dress? And, and <laughs> I love thinking, this. This is great. We've is, got a whole uh, situation does, developing here. Does my bum look big in this? What is the last thing that goes through a rabbit's mind before it's hit by a car? <laughs> the answer is it's us. <laughs> and no, number five, I've number never got that. Uh, number six, no idea. No idea. Um, no one. idea. Uh, God, so it'd be something ridiculous like um, I don't know what um, 
What does a woman want for Christmas or Valentine's? No idea. No idea. No what? Idea. Do, it's what do you call a? It's a what do you call a? Ah, what do you call? The answer is no idea. So what do you Pimp call? Pimp my punchline. What do? And it, uh, is it a contrast between two things? What do you can't, call can't, such yeah. a thing? Is uh, the answer? Ah, is, what do you call? Uh, uh, a, uh, what do you call a dog with no ears? The answer is, what do you call a deer with no eyes? Ah, oh, there you no go. No idea. Do you not get Christmas crackers yeah. in Hartlepool? <laughs> Patrick Monaghan still scores Brilliant. three points, everybody. That was close. Good work. So, listen, what's going on this year? Tell us, Sim. So, it's been Ten seconds. Uh, okay, I'll tell you quickly. I just did Less Dance for Sports Relief. Uh, I did Rihanna for that. That's that, right. You can yeah. see that on YouTube. I did, um, uh, I'm touring at the moment, doing a massive tour and uh, getting ready for the festivals. And that's it, really, promoting the DVD and um, live shows. Good work. You're always busy. I'm always mental. I'm crazy. He doesn't stop everybody. These Patrick, are my nights off. Thank you for coming in with us, Patrick. I love you. No, thank you. Great it's to see you. Patrick Monahan, everybody. Credit stream. And that, everybody, is what you call the very end of episode number eight. If you like what you've heard, then get on to iTunes and make sure you hit subscribe. Pop us a nice five-star review in there. Of course, Android users, go for a bit of Stitcher. That, by the way, is a free download. Thank you to you for downloading. Thanks to all of our guests. All can be followed on Twitter, as can we, at Ian Collins UK. The in-show feature and sponsor music is, of course, by Kevin McLeod. You can find Kevin at Incompetech.com. The show's technical producer is Andre Porch. Program edited by Manny Kendall. Our researcher was Dina McGinty. The lift music was supplied by Shed 7. And the catering was provided by Abdul's Coffee Shack. There's only one minor challenge for you. And that's to email everybody you know right now and tell them to download this podcast. We offer a full massage service for those who do. Join us next week when our guest will be poet and comedian Tim Key. Until then, goodbye. A Big Things Media Production. Big Things! Ian Collins. Wants a word. Powered by the Mitsubishi ASX. Don't let winter put you on the skids. Yes, I